Hi, I'm George Kaltsudis, illustrator and comic artist, and you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at dcaureview.com and on your favorite podcast app, I am Vengeance. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another bonus episode of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal. Cal, we are here. It is a new year. It's 2022, but we have one final piece of business connected to last year, and that is, of course, our review of the final issue of the comic that started last summer and is just now wrapping up. We have Justice League Infinity number 7 to talk about today. That is right. The exciting conclusion of and possibly final issue of this series question mark uh not yet confirmed to be the final issue overall but definitely the final part of the mirror cracked uh which at one point was called the cracked mirror by accident uh but we are that's right discussing (laughs) the mirror cracked part seven today which of course uh, comes uh, as we've been talking here uh, for several weeks now, several months now, seven seven months, I guess, because this is a monthly title uh, about this uh, this amazing story written by uh, J.M. DeMatteis and James Tucker with pencils, of course, uh, by Nick Filardi and colors by Ethan, or sorry, pencils by Ethan Beavers, colors by Nick Filardi. Uh, so we are excited to discuss that today uh, and the uh, the final issue here, because we were left with a bit of a cliffhanger where it felt like all hope was lost as uh, we were introduced to the, the big baddie behind everything for this this whole storyline was revealed at the end of last or at the, the beginning of last issue. It turns out to be what they dubbed Amazo 2. So a, a dark universe version of Amazo. And he had pretty much ran uh, run rampant over all of the, the Justice League and done away with Amazo and seemed to have no end in sight. So uh, we pick things up at this issue and uh he's he's sort of reveling in his glory we get a narration for this issue just as we've had for each of our issues a different uh a different person narrating this one we return to our roots we get the dark knight actually batman doing the the narration for this episode and or for this issue rather and uh we we learn that batman alongside martian manhunter and uh and wonder woman as well as the Flash and Green Lantern were all spared from this destruction. Uh, not really clear. Batman's not really clear about it. Uh, John Stewart's not really clear exactly how the, mm-hmm. the ring prevented them from being destroyed, but uh, John sort of uh, encased them all in a, in a bubble and protected them, at least for the time being. So, we know that uh, this is based on John's will, and we know that at some point the ring is going to run out. So uh, thinking fast, Batman, as he's narrating, recognizing that uh, at times, despite the fact that he uh, that he puts on a brave face, he actually admits that sometimes he feels like he's way over his head, especially when it comes to dealing with things that aren't just your your normal street thugs, which I thought was a was a pretty great uh was a pretty great vulnerable moment for him, especially in this moment where he feels like perhaps he's facing uh, facing the the final call uh, here. And uh, we we learn that uh, he actually thinks on his feet, and uh, and and 
requests that flash tap into the speed force uh, by sort of circling the bubble that there's uh, that they're encapsulated in to prevent it uh, to prevent it from uh, de-energizing which is allowing the anti-life equation which was unleashed in last uh, issue uh, to, to seep through. So the flash begins running around. Of course, we know that the flash doesn't have unlimited energy. So at some point he's going to run out of energy as is uh, John's will. So we, we quickly uh, turn to our remaining three heroes in the bubble here with Martian Manhunter or, or John uh, speaking with Wonder Woman and Batman. And uh, he, at that point sort of remembers uh, something that the Oracle, this, this, uh, this otherworldly, the earth D version of, uh, of Martian manager or not the earth D version, sorry. The, the, it, it was the, the earth, the earth with the Nazi Superman, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where he was from, uh, when we learned that the Martian Manhunter from that, that world had been kept captive by Vandal Savage and, uh, was sort of used as this, uh, as this, uh, source of energy. Uh, so the Oracle, uh, had imparted some information in the, in the earth D version of Martian Manhunter. And uh, they were trying to share that information between them. Jean suddenly at this point sort of comes to realize that the telepathic download uh, that was processed from the Oracle to that, that version of Jean and that eventually was shared with Jean himself uh, reveals just exactly who the person is that's going to be responsible for sort of redeeming and saving everything and, and causing life to once again uh, kick off here. And he reveals it to be none other than Diana herself, Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's so uh, we do, in fact, get some callbacks to our previous issues. And I think maybe we wondered even at the time when those issues were going on, if they were just sort of, uh, you know, kind of not necessarily stalling, but just sort of sort of filling out maybe our DC multiverse or DCAU multiverse a little bit and whether or not these uh, these elements would come back in the finale. But we see actually both of those uh, things, as you mentioned, Jean, you know, having a telepathic message from, uh, you know, two different versions of himself from alternate worlds, including the the sort of uh, decrepit uh, Oracle, uh, as it was known on the on the the Nazi Superman world and then and then Diana on the world where she had met a, a sort of more benevolent version of dark side who had uh, as we talked about was a uh, you know sort of one of the more memorable single issues of this where she had sort of first encountered the both both not only this version of dark side but also the anti-life equation which we as we've come to find out is sort of the the linchpin of what turned this uh this amazo amazo 2 into this not only an all-powerful being uh that could snap the multiverse out of existence with a thought but also the the sort of the the vicious side the evil side of that came from this anti-life equation and uh we there was mention in that issue that dark side had theorize the existence of a life equation sort of the opposite something that could defeat the anti-life but that he hadn't been able to uh, to figure out how to use it or how to apply it and that his his soul had just been been too corrupt but it uh, but it, it, in fact he was able to sort of bequeath it to wonder woman and along with john's telepathic help she is able to sort of unleash it and as she begins to unleash it, it's clear that she's sort of being overwhelmed as our Flash and Green Lantern. And it looks like maybe this, this Hail Mary isn't quite going to work out. But uh, 
in that moment, Batman sort of takes a moment. And as, as, as you mentioned, he's sort of narrating how he, he talks about feeling out of place and, and how he sort of doesn't really have the, the same optimism or, or hope that someone like Superman or Wonder Woman may have. But in that moment, he reaches out and joins hands with Wonder Woman and hopes that their, that their relationship, that their love and, uh, and Wonder Woman's purity could, can be enough to, uh, to reignite the universe. And, uh, at, at that moment, Amazo 2 is there to sort of try to stop them. But uh, the original Amazo, the main DCAU Amazo, is able to reconstitute himself just in time to destroy Amazo 2's body. And then in, in sort of the aftermath, it tries to reconstitute itself. Diana and Batman are able to unleash this life equation on the world. And as it is said, rebirth the multiverse restoring not only our justice league but the earth d justice league and presumably all of those other worlds that we saw disappear and uh there's a there's kind of it's kind of time for celebration we've gotten to like our you know last 10 minutes of return of the jedi here it's uh, we, we got our <laughs> our postscript on this on this wild story so it all came down to Wonder Woman and Batman joining hands and, and thinking good thoughts to uh, to bring us to uh, the end of our villain, at least for now. Yeah, we're we're left with that. We do have a little bit of uh, some some unsolved, uh, some loose ends that don't necessarily get tied up. Uh, we do also have uh, John Stewart, uh, you know, having his conversation uh, with with Fixin over his reaction uh, in the, the the dream sequence or the 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 imagined sequence that uh, Amazo two projected where it looked like that he had ripped violently ripped the wings off of Hawk Girl killing her yes. and John's reaction to that uh, so we do get the fallout from that as Vixen very clearly was hurt by his reaction during that and they have this conversation where it appears that their relationship may come to an end. Uh, because of her knowing and her being uh, sort of aware that that John likely still has more than just feelings with her for her, but that he deeply loves her. Uh, so sh- they sort of show her walking away and then Shaira and John uh, sharing some some celebratory cake afterwards. So uh, we who knows where that uh, that is going next. If we get the continuation of this this monthly title, then we may get some exploration of that or who knows, perhaps in a future DCAU animated uh, movie or, or, or tie-in show, who knows. Uh, but yes, for now, we are left uh, just that they are friends and that uh, obviously John still has to wrestle with the idea that he uh, still has feelings with, for her deep-seated love for Shaira. We then get uh, a, a nice little bow on Martian Manhunter or Jean's story. Uh, mm-hmm. Jean uh, asks uh, Superman to remain. Uh, well, they ask him if he's headed back to uh, to India where he was uh, originally, or sorry, to New Delhi originally. And uh, he confirms that, but he asks that for the time being that he remain with the Justice League, but no longer as the coordinator, but actually as a ambassador, a sort of an ambassador of peace uh, to uh, to sort of try and fend off cosmic uh, cosmic brawls before they before they start. So specifically, it looks like uh, Jean is headed off to to Apocalypse, uh, where if you recall, way back in issue one, we started off. There's this civil war that's brewing. 
between <laughs> between granting goodness and Calabac over who the the new leader of mm-hmm. Apocalypse is. So Jean is going to head there to to do his best to try and maintain some sort of peace. And I, I love it. There's a, a little uh, that he gets the blessing from Superman to do so, and and Superman says that he he truly doesn't doesn't envy that uh that calling and that that jean is a better man than him for doing so so uh i love it get a little bit of a a a bow on superman and lois's story also as they had previously been interrupted from their uh romantic dinner in issue one also so Mm -hmm. they uh they decide that they're going to go and continue that dinner and then we even get uh we even we even get our final um, our final uh, bow on the story when it comes to Overman. Also, as we see him coming face to face with uh, after his uh, his the restraints on his mind that that uh, that Vandal Savage had placed on him and and sort of removed this this section of his brain that was able to process the love that he had for Lois um, and his Lois, at least uh, we, we learned that uh, he's come face to face with that and realizes that at this point uh, he's, he's at her grave on his world and uh, but is being brought to trial by those same freedom fighters that teamed up with Superman uh, from that world. And then uh, we, we get a nice little bow on, on, uh, on Amazo's story too, as he's uh, seemingly reunited with Amazo too. Yeah, it seems like these these last two pages where you mentioned the uh, Overman as we've come to know him, you know, he, he sort of has this moment where he, you know, sort of admits that he was he was maybe motivated by grief but also fully cops to the fact that you can't you can't blame his grief or or even Vandal Savage for for everything that he did. He he did it and he was in control of his actions and he, and he knows he has to face those consequences. But, you know, and I think a theme that we saw very early on in this book that was continued in this scene and in that next page is as the two Amazos sort of come face to face and, and now with the, uh, the second Amazo being free of, of the anti-life equation uh, being sort of restored to his more uh, docile nature, so to speak, uh, we see uh, our Amazo sort of offer, offer him brotherhood and offer to, to sort of go and, and explore these these vast uh, you know unlimited earths uh, together and and so it feels like a theme that we we talked about very early on when actually when when our Superman is is transported to the the Nazi Earth and and he's sort of face down with this angry mob of of people and and the first thing that he does is sort of you know reach out to that crowd and and try to talk them down and tell them that you know no matter no matter what terrible things they may have done or whatever hardships they may have faced in their own lives that it's never too late to turn away from from that path and to find you know and to and to do the right thing and and yes that doesn't mean there won't be consequences for your actions but that you know it's never that really no one in the eyes of superman and i think very clearly in the eyes of uh you know the two people writing this jay and Mateus and james tucker that there, there's you know very few, if any, are truly irre- irredeemable, and, and you see that here with Overman and with Amazo in, in in this case. Yeah, absolutely, and that's I mean I I I love that because that's that's one of the things about humanity that. Uh, especially I feel like, uh, especially here in America and it's hard because we only have that perspective, but there is this, 
desire to see those that fall from grace redeemed and welcomed back and given given second and third chances um at least when when it comes to to celebrities maybe that's not the case for everybody's experience but uh you know the the saying goes everybody loves a good comeback story you know um Mm -hmm. so the fact that that the writers here gave all of these characters um including the the main antagonist for the majority of the book um again didn't excuse them and didn't didn't keep them from from facing the the consequences of the things that they did, but giving them an opportunity to own their mistakes and to admit and own up to and to to face those consequences with a with a full understanding of of deserving them, but also with with an opportunity to to at the same time empathize with them and and show that they're more than just the the sum of their their terrible mistakes that there are some of their all of their parts um their humanity and and uh and and otherwise so uh, yeah i love that i i love that that's that's something that both of the both of the writers both of these gentlemen included in the in the storylines and and wrapping everything up for all of the characters in a in a similar but different uh, across all of the storylines is is a uh, is a great way. It's a feel good way to to end the book, which uh, we get we get sort of I guess the uh, a mirror image, if you will, of the the ending for Justice League Unlimited, where we get a mm-hmm. a, a disturbance call uh, that calls all of the Justice League into action, sort of launching them towards what would be the screen or the 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 perspective of the the reader here at the end is we learned that there's gorillas attacking on the loose grad and an army of mutant gorillas are headed to washington so uh love love that and then uh we get uh we get batman narrating that he too not only the flash loves all of that loves all of all of the excitement of that but that batman himself may just love it too so a nice little bow on that so again we don't know uh, how the how whether or not this will be our final issue uh, of of this series as it stands whether we'll get more jli in the future if this is just a hiatus for now or if this is the end of the series itself uh either way uh it's it's a fun way to end the story. I would say it's, it's very light on action. Um, it didn't, it, it's very quick to go f- sort of through the solution. It feels like of, you know, how they're going to get out of this green energy bubble to restoring all the, <laughs> the, all of the universe. And it does feel a little bit kitschy in doing so, but you know, when you, write yourself into a corner where all of creation is destroyed it's kind of hard (laughs) hard to write your way out of that in a way that that doesn't feel sort of sort of gimmicky i guess yeah and uh, i think i think they did enough in the previous issues to see that yes it is oh well the anti-life equation is destroying a life well we have the life equation which again is not something that's been created for this book it's all it's all stuff from those you know, there's the the fourth world uh, lore that exists in in the main DC comics line as well. But yeah, yeah, not not the most. It wasn't it wasn't solved by punching. You know, as as we as we talked about here. So, it's not necessarily the most bombastic or action packed final issue. But yeah, I, I think overall, it still hits that strong notes. We'll get to the uh, the art in just a moment here. But uh, yeah, from from start to finish, I guess now as we're beginning to wrap up the final issue. I think it's a really satisfying conclusion because not only do we get 
the resolution of the immediate danger of this you know new version of Amazo destroying the multiverse. But you get to see you know the Justice League and the and the Justice League of Earth D you know shake hands and go their separate ways. You get to have a little bit of you know uh, we we always talk about that in our main show of, of characters not being in the same place that they were. Or, you know when the uh, when the story began, and certainly you see that in things like the you know the Green Lantern and Vixen, or 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 even Batman and Wonder Woman to an extent. I think that's uh, you know it's maybe is pushed a little further along than it ever was in the original series. So, I think you have those moments, and as we talked about, sort of bringing back those themes that had been touched on in in earlier issues about you know redemption and 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 forgiveness and and the ability to see to see a hero and. And and to sort of believe in believe in hope and believe in and that the good might prevail even when it's uh, you know when it's looking pretty dire out there. I think I think all of those themes sort of come through in this in this final issue here, this final script from uh, Mr. DeMatteis and uh, Mr. Tucker. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think that it is a is a fine way to wrap things up, as you mentioned. You know, we had a lot of act. I think last issue was the most action-packed issue that we possibly could have could have had. So having an issue <laughs> where there was a lot less, and you had to kind of wrap up everything um, that you had kind of set up thus far, and and not knowing whether or not there's going to be additional issues, uh, it it does make sense that this one was a little bit lighter on the action, but it's very satisfying it, from start to finish. I think looking at the entire series, um, it's it's. It's what you what you want. It's what you want in DCAU tie-in content. There's a lot of fun. Um, you know, maybe certain issues we we felt in the long run were just sort of treading waters. We mentioned, but you know, bringing them back in to have an impact in the final issue, make them a little bit more relevant now. Um, you know, I think we'll definitely look back and show. You know, some of the issues from this series we'll like more than others. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I think, I think if anything, it, it just increases the, the thirst for more DCAU content. So, uh, we know that Mr. <laughs> Tucker is going to be busy, uh, working on the, the new Batman caped crusader show, but, you know, hopefully he has some time or if not bringing in some of the, uh, additional writers and, uh, or giving new writers a chance to, to play in this sandbox, I think would be, would be equally, uh, would be equally welcome uh, from us. But, uh, I think if anything, this has taught us that there's, there's more stories to be told here and more fun to be had in the DCAU. And Hey, as long as they continue making these comics, I think, I think we'll be continuing to, to buy them and, and talk about them and enjoy them. Uh, even if, even if it's not, uh, even if not everything is decisions or choices that we would have made, I think that, uh, we can look at the the stories as a whole and say, you know what, this is pretty awesome that we got to experience this. So, uh, you know, hats off to to Mr. DeMatteis and Mr. Mr. Tucker for putting together a, a seven issue story here that that felt felt really fun and uh, and was ended on a on a high kind of kind of uh, feel good moment. So, uh, kudos kudos to both of those gentlemen. Absolutely. Now, before we uh, we begin to wrap things up, Cal, we of course must give some time to the incredible. Art on display here again, as you mentioned, we have uh, on pencils and inks, Mr. Ethan Beavers, who drew every single issue of this and uh, joining him for once again for the seventh time is, of course, Nick Filardi as the colorist uh, and DC Hopkins was the letterer. Um, so, yeah, another uh, despite the fact that it's not a, as we said, not a traditional punching and kicking uh adventure there is still a lot to, uh going on visually speaking 
speaking, really from that first page where we see Amazo 2 sort of unleashing on the Justice League and, and sort of unleashing anti-life. And uh, we almost immediately, we get some, some, some moments where we look to some of the people, some of the characters that we've seen throughout the story. We see Lois, Mr. Terrific, and the Adams, some of the other Justice Leaguers down on Earth. We see Earth D, we see the Freedom Fighters, we also see Cranny Goodness and Calibac. And uh, we also get a pretty fun little cameo from uh, some other familiar faces. That's right. We get uh, we get a look at the Green Lantern Corps. We get a couple couple of members of the Green Lantern Corps, inclu- including our uh, one of our favorite lanterns, Kyle Rayner. Uh, we also get, uh, as as you mentioned, Mister Miracle and Green Arrow. Blue Beetle makes an appearance, as does uh, Doctor Fate, and uh, and also Booster Gold. So and uh, Mister Miracle, Big Barda also there alongside them, and then. Uh, we also, as you mentioned, uh, Mr. Terrific, Lois, and the Atom also making an appearance there. And then we have some of these uh, these these other worlds that appear here. We have a, an appearance from Apocalypse also. Uh, but uh, yeah, alongside the Freedom Fighters and Granny and, and Calabac who are doing their, uh, doing their Civil War stuff here, we also get perhaps the first DCAU appearance of Mogo, the, the Green Lantern planet. I can't remember him making an appearance before. Mm. Oh, and this is, and I definitely don't think this is supposed to be Oa because we've seen Oa from space before, and it, I don't remember it being the having that look to it in this series. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was in fact Mogo. There we go. Well, uh, so lots of lots of little uh, little Easter eggs there in that little bit there, and as you mentioned, uh, we do get two callbacks to previous stories here. I'm not sure if they just reused the same panels and sort of digitally added them in or not but uh if they didn't if mr filardi drew these from scratch again they're pretty pretty spot on to what his original drawings were of uh of martian manhunter interacting with uh, the oracle and then uh with with uh dark side from that uh that fallen earth uh, interacting with our earth's wonder woman but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of greens obviously early on in this this issue because they're all encapsulated in that uh in that green lantern bubble so the shading that nick filardi went the colors and the shading he went with with uh, a lot of the greens and then later as the flash is running around in the bubble we get more yellow brought in those are great. And then, of course, uh, as as the life equation begins to be unleashed inside of it, we get the the blue color, which I guess traditionally in at least in the comics uh, that the blue ring in in the Lantern Corps was the, the color of hope. So that could be why he went with that color. All that stuff that uh, that was used for the White Lantern Corps also is brought in within the midst of that blue. So it's interesting. I don't know if he chose those colors specifically based on those what those colors were assigned to during the uh during the the blackest night uh, storylines and the the different colored lantern cores but i thought that was interesting because obviously both of those things i feel like are going to be needed in that moment if you're if you're starting if you're restarting life at that point and would be a part of a life life equation if that was the case but um, we do get more of the the deep oranges and reds uh, uh and the golds the the deep deep gold colors of the uh of of amazo 2 is he he and amazo 1 sort of have this this final battle and then as he dissipates the the kirby crackle is is a plenty for this issue so lots of kirby crackle all over the place and of course what seems to be uh mr beaver's trademark the very expressive 
faces of the Justice League members, both as they're reunited with each other and and then later on um, as as uh, even the the sadness that's expressed as Vixen and, and John sort of have this conversation about the sort of the deterioration of their their relationship. But um, I think there's one specific panel that stands out. Uh, for for the majority you sent this to me yesterday uh, right after you had read the issue and it's uh it's a direct homage uh, to a very pivotal important scene yeah yeah uh, Nick Flaherty's colors there and then and then of course Ethan Beavers as the uh, as the the penciler in that scene it's a, a direct homage and and again it is really both of them working together because not only is it posed perfectly it's it's an homage to uh, maybe one of the most iconic moments in any of the DCAU episodes that of course being uh, Apocalypse Now Part 2 when Superman is standing over the grave of Dan Turpin. They have uh, Overman sort of paying his last respects to his version of Lois Lane, who of course dies, as we talked about uh, when we were going over the plot there, he sort of is, is speaking about, you know, his his grief and and also sort of acknowledging that he must pay for his sins. And as this sort of zooms out you see not only are the freedom fighters there ready to sort of take him to uh, to trial but he is in fact standing in pretty much a perfect uh, uh you know reimagining of that shot from apocalypse now standing in front of the grave with the sort of the barren tree in the in the foreground uh, over top of him and and sort of standing in silhouette with the the sort of yellowish orange sky behind him it's just an incredible homage and, and a great moment uh uh, and, and a great homage to you know one of the one of the all time great moments in in the DCAU and and yeah I, th- I think that I think there's a, there's a lot of fun as you already mentioned the the Kirby Crackle I think my favorite maybe my favorite single panel is after Amazo sort of reconstitutes himself and uh, momentarily uh, slows down uh, the the evil Amazo by blowing up his his golden body and you just you see, you see Batman and, and Wonder Woman sort of in this bluish sphere, as you mentioned, about to sort of set off the life equation. And you see all that green and orange and 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 Kirby crackle. And you can still see sort of the silhouette of the face of this evil Amazo. You still see the horns and the four eyes and, and sort of the, the the forked tongue coming out of his mouth, sort of just in the in the ether at that point, even though his physical body was sort of momentarily destroyed. And then you you see that blue sort of wipe out all of the the green and the and the black and and then replace it with this uh with the with the the multiverse as we know it here and then and then yeah of course i think we we have to talk about that uh, that the very final page of the issue as you mentioned very reminiscent of those final moments of the of the final episode of justice league unlimited uh, the the adventure continues uh, wait wrong comic but uh, yeah that's, <laughs> that moment as you mentioned there they're called back to action another super villain is afoot and, and they're going back and we get a, a shot of fire and ice and vixen and blue beetle and booster gold and mr miracle and big barda and then of course our uh, our classic team we have batman superman wonder woman flash green lantern and hawk girl uh, jean as you mentioned had sort of uh, gone to sort of make peace with his with his uh with his life in new delhi to make sure that his friend was okay but we have six of our original leaguers along with several of the expanded cast there and they're all zooming off into action as uh and uh, I think that always works. And I, I, I like the idea of whether or not we get to see more of this story. And, you know, obviously we're, we're certainly hoping that we are. 
right. I always I always love the idea of you know the the battle the battle rages on and or you know as we said the adventure continues even even after even if we don't see it we know that they'll they'll still be out there fighting the good fight that's right absolutely yep it is great and um yeah i think i think uh you know i when we started out i uh, you know it's 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 easy to try and compare comics across, you know, these are all taking place supposedly in the same universe. So you're comparing the pencils and the, the visuals from one, one comic being Batman, the adventures continue to the justice league infinity comic. And it is, it's a different style. This is far more, I would say a, a little bit more cartoony, a little bit more, um, uh, animated, which is funny to say, based on an animated property <laughs> that's in, but the characters are a lot more expressive. Uh, Mr. Beavers makes his characters a lot more expressive, and, but I think it really works for this story specifically because I feel like at times things were a lot more emotional and needed to be a lot more emotional maybe. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's his own spin that he puts on, on the, the classic Bruce, Tim, Jack Kirby style of, you know, the square jaws, big barrel chested men uh, and, and the pinup model, the pinup model superheroines, you know, the it's, it's a, it's his own style. And I think by the end of it, you know, I'm, I've really appreciated his work, um, and grown to really appreciate the the way that he he goes about bringing these characters to life. So uh, him and uh, and Nick Filardi. I don't have a, a cutesy nickname like I do necessarily for uh, <laughs> for, for Ty Templeton and, and best friend of the show Monica Kubina or Jordan Gibson and, and Monica Kubina. But I think these uh, these two gentlemen make a make a great team and and honestly brought a lot of life into the story here. And I, I think uh, a lot of the story couldn't have happened. Uh, it would have been as effective if, if not for the, uh, the excellent artwork and man, aren't we blessed to have two different DCAU properties with, uh, with some just really outstanding artists t- uh, doing their best to, to bring these stories to life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think you meant, you really hit the nail on the head there when you mentioned that the, that the sort of overly, maybe, maybe not overly is the wrong word, but the, the very expressive faces maybe not, wouldn't necessarily fit in every comic, but I think especially in moments like at the end when it's, you know, Vixen is sort of breaking up with John and we have this sort of panel sequence where they're speaking and she sort of puts her hand on his face and, and they, they both have this sort of sadness. And then we cut sort of cut to this, the dark, the dark silhouettes as, as Vixen sort of walks away. It's very melodramatic. And we have John sort of still stand, standing in shadow. And then as Shaira sort of enters the frame and, and sort of offers him a little bit of an olive branch in, uh, in the form of a piece of cake, then then the brighter colors and the and sort of the full figure of, of the characters returns there. And you, you kind of move them out of the shadow and and back into the light. I just, I just love some of the, the storytelling uh, techniques that they, that, uh, that, Mr. Beavers and Mr. Flaherty were able to do for this uh, for this story, both for those big over the top moments, like we talked about with the you know the the crazy universe ending stuff, and and also those more sort of the more melodramatic you know more soap opera y type uh, type moments of uh, of the series. Yeah. Absolutely. So overall, I think this is uh, continues to get some some thumbs up from us. We obviously are hoping for more stories to be told uh, in any DCO, DCAU form or fashion. Uh, it would be cool to see this this series continue. But if not, uh, to see to see more different stories being told with these properties, and hopefully, 
uh, hopefully uh, WB and, and DC Comics continues to uh, to wet our whistle, so to speak, with this uh, with this property. But uh, overall, I think this was such an enjoyable seven months, and I'm hoping to see more. But if not more from this, then then more of something uh, something else in the DCAU, I guess. Yes, that's uh, that is what we're hoping for. We have not received any official word as of now on whether or not we'll be getting a season two of this or in fact a season three of Batman and the adventures continue. But we obviously, as you said, Cal would certainly be up for that. And uh, we want, we want to know what you think as well. Please, uh, please reach out to us on at DCAU review, either on Twitter or Instagram. Let us know what you think, not only of this final issue, but of the series as a whole. Do you want a second season? Do you want to see a different uh, collection of characters from the DCAU focused on? Do you want to see a Batman Beyond or a Static Shock comic? What would what would you like to see next if, if there are, in fact, more DCAU tie-in comics coming? And uh, in the case of Justice League Infinity, what would you like to see in a season two? We definitely like to hear from you there. But uh, we, we have both had quite a bit of fun uh, re, re-entering the, uh, the world of Justice League Unlimited, the, the time frame of, uh, of Justice League Unlimited here with this comic series. And uh, as we begin to wrap things up here, we just want to say thank you again to, uh, to everybody for listening, whether you do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or of course, if you are listening and or watching on the Pod Tower YouTube channel, uh, we appreciate it if you are on whatever you're listening to us on. If you have the ability to, we do appreciate if you could uh, give us five stars or a thumbs up or, or write us a review, whatever you'd like. You can. Uh, uh, we we do appreciate that, and that does help us out. So if you have the time to do that, we appreciate it. And of course, if you would like to support us monetarily, you can also do so on our anchor site, or you could pick yourself up something from our shop. You can head to dcaureview.com and look for something there, a sticker or a hat or have a lot going on. We've had a lot to talk about recently, Cal, with our with our bonus episodes because of these two ongoing DCAU tie-in comics. So uh, it's 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 kind of like it feels like we're uh, we're not quite going to know what to do with ourselves for <laughs> for the next little while here. We'll have to get a little bit more creative, perhaps, with our uh, our monthly bonus content that we try to bring everybody going forward. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll finally have uh, some time to do another edition of the Discuss This League, where we bring in our friends to chat about. Uh, you know, pitching around some ideas about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, various different things. Hey, maybe we'll, maybe we'll bring in some people to talk about what the next seasons of Batman, the adventures continue or justice league infinity could look like, or, Ooh. Hey, let's, let's talk about what it would look like to bring in a static shock tie-in comic book or, or a Batman beyond tie-in. What would those look like? Um, so if, if you're interested in, in hearing some more stuff, some more discussions around tie-in comics, uh, tweet Liam at DCAU review. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear it. Uh, if you want more of content discussing this, hey, we could do bonus coverage of uh, of some of the older tie-in comics, all the stuff that's available now on the fabulous DC Universe app. Uh, we could always do some some old school reviews and talk Batman Adventures or or Batman Gotham Adventures, Superman Adventures. You know, hey, Adventures in the DC Universe was that your jam? Uh, let us know if that's uh, if that's something that's up your alley, and you want to hear us talk more about these comics. We could do some retro reviews too. But uh, yeah, we need to know what you guys are into. So uh, definitely tweet us and let us know. And hey, who knows? Maybe we'll do uh, maybe do an upcoming episode where we'll talk about what we'd like to see from uh, from the next season if there is a an additional season of, of Justice League Infinity. So either way, thank you everybody for tuning. 
tuning in and uh, and and letting us talk about these. It's been a fun seven months, but I'm I'm gonna enjoy not having to to record an extra double dose <laughs> at least for at least for a couple months, hopefully. Yes, I think for for the at least from the standpoint of scheduling and, and not having to worry about the getting it out as, as quickly as possible from when the issue releases. It'll be nice to have a little bit more time to, uh, to plan these things out going forward. But again, we thank you everybody for listening and definitely let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear next from us. But until then, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.